Hola, mi gente. My name is Jessica Yanez, and I want you to join me for some wine and chisme. The Wine and Chisme podcast was created to amplify voices across communities of color, all while drinking a glass of wine. From wine talk, interviews, and recaps of all things pop culture, join me every Wednesday for the chisme. Please make sure to check out the Wine and Chisme podcast and other amazing podcasts as part of the Latina Podcasters Network. Bienvenidos a So Violentos o Macabro Podcast. Yo soy Ali. Y yo soy Dee. Y hoy Dee les contará de un caso que sucedió en San José, California. Imagine waking up during the middle of the night and your three-year-old daughter wakes up from a nightmare while screaming and crying. The ideal thing to do is comfort her, letting her know everything will be fine while soothing her back to sleep. But what happens when your religious thoughts interfere? making you believe that your child is possessed by a demonic being. This week, we discuss the tragic murder of a child whose night terror's response pushed her mother, uncle, and grandfather to commit a horrendous act. This is the tragic murder of Areli Hernandez. Advertencia. La información de este caso puede ser desencadenante para algunos. Tenga en cuenta que algunos de estos casos pueden involucrar menores de edad, abuso, violación o violencia. Escuchen con precaución. Warning. The information on this case can be triggering to some. Please be advised that some of these cases may involve children, abuse, rape, and violence. Listen with caution. I, I, I could sit here and be negative about the thing like, oh, like I wish I could go back and this and this and that. But it's like, there is no point of me doing that, you know, because I cannot change what is, you know, it is what it is. So I've, I've learned to think positive, you know, because it's, it's, it's many reasons why God took her. Areli Hernandez was born on October 2nd, 2016 to Claudia Hernandez Santos a 21-year-old Salvadorian woman who resided in San Jose, California. Claudia describes her daughter as being a loving, loving, happily, and playful child. Arelia is shown to be this cute little girl with curly hair, big brown eyes, and a very contagious smile. Claudia tells her story on a YouTube video saying that her daughter was very helpful she wanted to help mom she wanted to be around mom all the time she just loved being near her mom according to judicial paperwork Areli was taken to this church called Iglesia Apostola y Profetas in a, which is a small uh, Pentecostal church this religion usually is descendant from a higher church, but they divide it into small segments. And usually a lot of immigrant families or immigrant people join these churches to feel more connected to their Latin roots and the religion. So instead of being masses where it's 50 to 100 to 200 people, they're usually narrowed down to maybe 20 or 15. They're, they're pretty small. 
And these churches are usually done in either small locations or even homes. So Areli was the daughter of Claudia, and Claudia's father was a pastor for this uh, specific church. He was said to be um, proclaimed by the church to be a pastor, and um, he would he would have like a YouTube channel where he would uh, describe his lessons and preach about the Bible without actually holding a Bible or reading from the Bible. So it's mostly him talking to to his um, members of the church, but not having any concrete proof. So it was like whatever was coming out of his mouth was like the word of the Bible. On September 24th, at around 2 a.m., Claudia was um, woken up by her daughter. She was having a nightmare and she started screaming and crying. Claudia told investigators that she had been doing this for a while. And she had told her brother that she would wake, that Areli would wake up at night and start screaming, crying. But she never knew why. Like, there was no reason for her to be doing that. So on September 24th, at 6.30 a.m., René Jr., which is Claudia's brother, picked her up and took Claudia, Areli, and himself to the church where her father used to perform his services. At 6.30 a.m., Claudia and René arrived to the church with Areli. They approached the church, which it's weird to call it a church because it was actually held in the back room of a residential home. So it was basically like one big room that they converted into a church. Claudia had approached her brother René and her father René Sr. and told them that she believed that Areli was possessed by demonic beings. She continued to tell them that she believed that there's a spirit that lived within her daughter, that that was the reason she would wake up at night and begin to cry and scream because she thought she was possessed. Sergeant Vallejo reported that Claudia stuck her, her fingers down Areli's throat and then squeezed her neck, inducing vomiting. He continues to testify that Areli would fall asleep several times during this act. However, Claudia, Claudia kept pushing down on Areli's throat and her fingers down her, her mouth in order for her to continue vomiting. Para sacar el demonio que su niña cargaba dentro. Exactly. At around so much. I completely understand because when I read this, I was shocked at the thought process that this that this girl, because I don't consider her a woman, this girl was believing. And also the fact that there was nobody to stop her from believing this. Like there was telling her otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody just agreed to it, which was insane to me. Because a child can't have nightmares. Apparently not. to be possessed. Exactly. (sighs) At around 12.30 p.m., Areli's grandfather, René Trigueres Hernández, or also known as René Hueso, arrived to the church. He approached the podium and and stood in front of Areli and began to pray over her 
while she cried. He is then said to be conducting two different prayer sessions. The first prayer session lasted over an hour and a half. And he held her, her torso, very tightly while Claudia held her arms apart and René, which is the uncle, held her feet. So this poor little innocent child was held down by the people that she trusted the most. Una niña de tres años. Okay, like, obviously it's not okay that they're holding her down. Mm -hmm. But she's tiny. She doesn't need three people to hold her down. Obviously, they shouldn't be holding her down, but no. having el peso de tres personas con una niña de tres años, like, what the That's... fuck were they thinking? And it's... They it, weren't it, thinking. That's the problem. And in my mind, I, I tried to, like, picture the situation and i'm like no. this is a child she's three years old tiny she's like a, a small little being why would you do this to her if she was sick or if she was possessed why is your first thought process to do this type of act on her that's torture yeah they were torturing her exactly according to the new york times René Sr. told investigators that Arelia had tried to fight back. He said that she attempted to bite his arm during this exorcism. During the second prayer session, René Sr. told investigators that he held Arelia close to his stomach and tightly again so she wouldn't move. While she kicked and cried, she, he would just hold her closely. He also said that Arely began to fight with unusual strength, forcing Claudia to hold her head and René to hold her feet. Can you picture unusual that? Unusual strength? So they were yes. saying that el, esta, el demonio was like... Was the one causing this unusual strength. I know. You're holding her down. What do you expect? Like, she's going to fight her way out oh, of this. Oh, yeah. Niñita, like, como dijiste, son tres personas que ella confiaba. Yeah. I, her last thought, her last images of these three individuals was this. Yeah. Like, it's heartbreaking. It is. Court documents depict that Areli began to vomit a clear purple liquid at around 4 p.m. So imagine, she, this started at 6.30. 6.30 a.m. She was vomiting from 6.30 to 12.30 because that's around the time that the grandfather arrived. And after 12.30 to 4 p.m., this little girl was basically tortured and ended up vomiting this clear purple liquid from her body. Imagine how many times this little girl had to vomit from 6.30 a.m. all the way to 4 p.m. for y this que la que yes. la forzaron, no era porque estaba enferma y la niña estaba vomite y vomite. La estaban yeah. forzando, le metieron los dedos. What do they expect? Exactly. After she stopped vomiting, René Sr. stepped out of the church to take a phone call. Shortly after, Areli stopped vomiting. And René Jr. told detectives that he pressed his hands 
against Areli's back and her chest, and then began to pray. About 10 minutes after he did this, he opened his eyes and realized that Areli had already died. Shortly after that, René Sr. enters the church, and he realized that his granddaughter is dead. Investigators believe that Areli had died sometime between 6 p.m. and 6.30. And according to investigators, no life-saving measures were done on Areli during the time she was passing away. Which means that nobody in that church, neither her grandfather, her uncle, or her mother, did anything to save her life. Let that sink in for a bit. 12 horas de tortura. Mm-hmm. 12 hours. And let me remind you that during this time, Claudia never called the cops. The only reason Claudia decided to call the authorities was because her family actually urged her to call somebody. Because Areli was already unresponsive for two hours. You want me to tell you what time she ended up calling the police? Oh, Jesus, I don't know. She ended up... 10? No, she ended up calling the authorities at 8.12 p.m. So two so, hours after, like, so, exactly, yeah. So she ended up vomiting at around 4-ish, 4.30-ish, and she was still breathing, having, you know, she was still conscious, coming in and out of consciousness, ended up passing away around 6, 6.30. And she didn't end up calling the authorities until 8 p.m. Sí, casi dos horas después. Yeah. So, entonces, ese tiempo de, desde las 6 y media a las 8, ¿qué estaban haciendo? Parados ahí, nada más viendo a la niña? Like, what? There, there's no precise details, but in my thought process and the way that the church eventually communicates and everything i'm assuming they did like some sort of ceremony some mm. sort of prayer to i don't know i mean if they already thought that she to had to save her soul yeah i guess because there's like no no actual details on what happened within the within the time that she passed away to the time that she was uh, called in to the to the hospital basically. Imagino hablando de eso de when you're saying que estaba vomitando el color que le salía y todo eso. It's I mean, I'm imagining from 6:30 a.m. She's a three-year-old. From 6:30 a.m. to 6 4 p.m. Me imagino que no había comido nada. Entonces well, no tener nada en el estómago and then forcing her to throw up. That was gonna cause some serious issues. Well, that actually brings a good point because according to the um, coroner Areli hadn't eaten anything since 9pm on September 23rd and within the time that the last time she ate to the time that she was murdered she had only drank six ounces of water so imagine all the fluids that she lost when she was throwing up the food that she hadn't ate, so that caused an eruption in her stomach. Yeah. And then causing her to, re, re, like, to throw up and not having anything in her stomach, not drinking any liquids, 
something's bound to happen in that body. Yeah. It's y lo tan chiquita y le estaban poniendo presión del cuerpo de tres adultos, like obviously something le, le iban a dañar. The Santa Clara County Coroner ruled Arely's death a homicide. Police said that they found Arely's uh, body with numerous bruises. They said that there was bruising on her neck, on her clavicle, and there was also swelling in the brain, and there was blunt force trauma, and um, to the chest, to the back, and there was a lot of internal bleeding. And there was also in, uh, bleeding within her heart and amongst many other injuries that she suffered. So much pain this little baby went through. Yeah, I know. It's like to picture this, like three grown-ups and this tiny little human being. They did all of that to that tiny little baby. It's horrible. Let me ask you, you, um, you believe in um, exorcisms. As I believe that there is some sort of possession, but mm -hmm. I do not believe that every every case needs to be an exorcism. And that I'm asking because I'm imagining in order for you to do uh what would they call this? An exorcism? Uh yeah, like to like to I thought there was like an actual like a word for it, like I guess I'll I know, say and, exorcism. Yeah, um, I know what you mean. To, yeah, yeah. To to do that, to perform has, it, to perform. Yeah, that's, a, that's the word I'm thinking of. <laughs> yeah, my mind went blank. Um, to perform it, there has to be. You have to know. There has to be some knowledge. Este so, abuelo yeah. no tenía, como lo describiste al principio, no tenía ese tipo de that knowledge to be performing even something yeah. close to this. Right? So according, yeah. So according to the um like church the pentecostal church mm -hmm. they do believe in exorcism but they right. also don't believe that every case is deserves an exorcism to perform yeah uh -huh. yeah so they believe that there should be like a list of things that that should be happening for them like to perform requirements it. to be like yeah. okay you're checking off all of this and yeah, yeah. so like mm -hmm. there has to be like a record that they're you know that they went to the doctor to that they've been psycholo psychologically evaluated to like, rule out other things yeah so yeah exorcism within, within different types of religion exists and one of the most i guess well known is through the catholic church They're the ones that actually have taken over a hundred years in studying exorcism and um, the signs to see within an exorcism yeah, and what to do. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. an exorcism cannot be done um, out of the blue. Like not like exactly. a, a priest can't just be like, oh, this person's possessed. I'm going to perform an exorcism on this person. There has to be a process like at least mm -hmm. within the Catholic Church and from what I understand from when I was researching that like a long time ago, a priest has to see the, the person that is being possessed. They have to evaluate it, send it back to the, um, to uh, the Vatican. The Vatican has to approve of the fact that, that, that this person is being possessed. And then they have to kind of go back to, to talking to the priest that's being told about the exorcism. And then there has to be some sort of communication and agreement that 
uh, somebody from the Vatican who is professionally trained in exorcism needs to come from that place and do an exorcism to the person that is being affected. That's the process. And And they skipped everything. Yeah. And most of just was like, nope. Yeah. And most most of these exorcisms take months. They don't they they don't take like days or hours. They take months. So sometimes these people are suffering for months, but they get a resolution. They perform Mm -hmm. this exorcism and and do everything that has to be done. But this family literally went from zero to a hundred. Yeah. It wasn't even the fact that this little girl had multiple symptoms or had constantly dealt with night terrors or had any sort of other knowledge that she was having these these types of possessions it was literally from day to night yeah it's como tú dijiste it's no porque alguien está actuando así de una forma like an odd behavior they're oh tienen el demonio they yeah. got possessed yeah a person can be schizophrenic yeah and that's why like you're saying they should be psychologically evaluated yeah, yeah. there's steps to figure out because you can't just no más van a mandar al priest and oh aquí está somebody's possessed like it doesn't work that way and this family skipped like 30 steps yeah and uh, killed their child yeah this and that's what it's a little baby it's one of the most shocking cases because yeah. a lot of people when they heard about this case they, they their thought process was like why would you do something like this even if she was possessed like first you don't you think it would be a great idea to go to a doctor and evaluate if she's sick um, or go exactly. to like a psychiatrist to see if maybe your child has any mental health issues? It's like, no, right away. It's like, nope, she has a demon inside of her. Let's perform an exorcism. And it wasn't even performed by somebody that knows about exorcism. It was performed by a grandfather who preaches the Bible and hasn't even like read profoundly or even knowledgeable about it he just decided to open a church become a pastor and just talk that's the most infuriating part yeah and this is when um at least i know how to say it in, in spanish but i don't know how to say it in english la religión like uh, el fanatismo de la religión it's so fucking dangerous because people become so obsessed with religion and um, their, you know, their, what they believe in, that they believe anything has to do with evil or good. There is never a gray period. And I know that talking about religion is very, very uh, taboo when it comes to our culture because it's either you believe or you don't. And s- some people are like really into their culture, or into their religion that saying anything that questions it is automatically like you're the devil and in this case i'm like you put yourself in in this situation and you're like do you think that she's possessed or do you not do you think that there's like other ways to treat this instead of automatically assume that she's possessed by somebody and that's why like sometimes when when people really are involved in the church in a very dangerous manner, it starts to become something that is spiritually awakening to something that is dangerous. It's no longer, I believe in a higher power. It becomes, I believe in this higher power and it's that or nothing. 
and I'm going to kill anybody that gets in my way. That's scary. And that's, yeah, that's terrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like not the only case that we've seen about that. We've seen many cases that are about oh, yeah. people oh, yeah. that that are that are very fanatics of the religion to the point that there's no in between. Yes, it's got again, you know, religious beliefs, but when it comes to the point where you're using your religious beliefs as a reason to murder someone, that's like no. That's that's no. that's not how religion works or what it represents. You're just taking it to another level. An extreme. To the extreme. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. Exactly. A few days later, after Areli's um, tragic death, Claudia actually set up a GoFundMe campaign to solicit donations from the community in order to cover the burial expenses of her daughter. During this time, she also updated her Instagram pro- Instagram profile, and it, she quoted as having it say, "Isaias fifty five." 8-11. This Bible verse is meant for meant to be for someone that is finding strength within during difficult times. So this was like her whole process of dealing with her grief. On October 8th of the same year, Areli was buried and Claudia docu- documented the whole burial process. She took pictures of the her for grave of her grave um, site. Her grave site. Mm-hmm. And uh, when they were bur- like burying her, um, the program of her daughter's uh, funeral service, and just kept posting about her death. She never mentioned what she died from or how she died. She just mentioned that she she passed away. She passed away. Entonces, ¿no los encarcelaron luego, luego? De, no. Después so, de que murió Areli? No. So, according to police, they just had, they were investigating, but they never arrested anybody when it came to the finding of the of, of Areli's body. Police officers just came, they saw the body, they took it to the, corn, the, the hospital, pronounced her dead at the hospital, and basically just started an investigation on the murder. They investigated both the uncle, the grandfather, and Claudia. But nobody was arrested. They wanted to do, according to uh, the um, documents, they were conducting very extensive um, medical like medicals, um, tests in order to identify what was the cause of her death. Because when the police officers arrived to the church... Areli was in the floor of the of the church like she wasn't like there wasn't and it didn't show that she was actually like like they didn't catch her being murdered because she had already died hours before so they just laid her in front of the in front in front of the the pedestal in the floor of the church and when police officers showed up it was just kind of like this child died they and basically different articles see different things some say that um claudia actually said that she fainted so police officers try to you know hacerle you know cpr and try to you know hacerla revivir 
And then they took her to the hospital and pronounced her dead at the hospital because she had passed away. Her way of saying that the reason she she died was because she had passed out. But there was no kind of like story behind of what actually happened. Not until police officers just did an investigation on, on the death. Or answers. Okay. On January 2022, four months after Arely died, Claudia decides to make a YouTube account where she was going to be talking about her life, being uh, empowering to other women, and talk about her, her religious beliefs. On a particular video within her account, she titled the specific video, Areli Noemi Proctor Hernandez. In this video, uh, you could tell that Claudia's behavior was very erratic and she was very unfocused. And according to the introduction of this video, she was going to talk about her daughter. She was going to talk about when she got pregnant, how did she know she was going to have a girl, like just basically Areli's life and like embrace her life. So then she describes her life, but mind you, during this whole time in this 40 minute video, she's laughing, she's making jokes, she is um, very distracted. And even the editing process of this video shows the lack of empathy on her side. In some parts of the video, she's shown staring off into, I guess, the abyss. And right when she stares off to the abyss, there's sentimental music playing in the background. And little words on the bottom saying, I miss her so much. And then she'll cut back to like her saying like, oh, so what was I talking about? And she'll start laughing. And she'll start like very theatrical, like yeah. see, very. It very changes, very, very like back like, and forth, back like and she forth. She was acting, and she made yeah. And the worst part to me, mm-hmm. as seeing as an outsider, because trust me, I I sat down and watched the forty minute video to see like her reaction and and her behavior, yeah. and it's so you could see that it's so off putting. It's very bizarre. Because it's not a constant, like, her talking very emotional or anything. It's, like, very, like, laughing, ha, 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 making jokes, putting in, like, a meme here and there, um, putting sentimental music in the background. Like, very, like, oh, I'm going to, like, the editing process of the whole video is just weird. It's not even, like, a touching tribute. It's more of a letting the camera record everything and no editing process and just no, messy. No, meaning, no, no emotion mm-hmm. behind it. Like her daughter had just passed hace cuatro meses. Y, I mean, everybody grieves different, right? Um, yeah. No porque no mires a alguien llorar significa que no están llorando. Right? Yeah. Some people cry behind camera, but because we know now what happened, it's it's not just that it's the fact that her daughter just passed away and this video that she made which sounded like almost like a tribute to her daughter y luego para hacer chistes para estar riéndose to start putting in memes like that's not it's there's no sentiment exactly that's that's not right yeah and then even worse is the fact that when she talks about her daughter and like her daughter passing away 
Uh-huh. There is no real sympathy or like feeling any sort of sadness because of yeah. it. It's like it's almost months. Like yeah. you should show something. Yeah. But the only time she actually showed any sort of emotion was when she talked about God. So mm-hmm. she would talk about like the way that I analyze and analyze the analysis that I got out of it was that when she would talk about her daughter, it was very like exp- like very reactive, very theatrical. But when she talked about God, it was like so passionate. It was like when people make fun of God, like they don't understand that he's here to like love us to you know, and like he's here. Like I love him. It almost she almost spoke in a way that it he was a person, and she was like in love with this person because the way she even describes loving god it was like very like with so much passion and like i don't i don't really even know how to describe it you could see her face completely change it lit up yeah but when she talked about her daughter it was very like ha 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 very like theatrical and it just gave me the worst feeling ever because your daughter just passed away yeah this this is your daughter this person came from you you wanted this person and then now that she's gone you're acting like it it doesn't hurt and i get it you know we all grieve differently but it even doing this tribute showed no sort of empathy over your child exactly within this video she also declares quote everyone wants to know what happened to her you know, her cause of death. Well, a lot of people turned to me, turned away from me after my daughter passed away. A lot of people thought a lot of things because of how the situation looked. If you weren't there, you don't know what happened. I know what happened. When she passed away, she was with me. Of course, I'm her mother. Why would she not be with me? A different quote is, I couldn't sit here and be negative, but there's no point in me doing that. I cannot change what it is. It is what it is. It's many reasons why God took her. At least she's not suffering. If this world, in this world, we suffer so much, especially nowadays. Everything is bad. Everything is going downhill. That's what I'm thankful for, that she's not to grow up in a world we live in. Different quote was, quote, It's hard to think that I'm not going to see her grow up. But you know, it's okay. It's okay because I know she is in a better place. God knows why he allowed these things. My baby was such a happy baby. Being a mom, it's one of the best things. Of course, when I think of her, I get sad and I cry and I miss her. It's a lot. I wish you guys could see my face when you were reading this. And the, and the worst part is that this is just like small quotes out of a 40 minute video during this whole video she goes back and forth back and forth like there is no concrete like way of talking about what happened or her daughter everything was very like coded where she wasn't revealing what happened to her daughter but she was just saying like my daughter passed away like oh like the good thing is she's not here to see this the good thing is that you know she's in heaven I know God is like taking care of her. Like yeah. it was a okay, lot God of God decidió. Like yeah. God, it was His saying. Like 
said, I'm taking, you know, it was his decision. No, it wasn't. Yeah. It was you. Yeah. You took your daughter's life. Yeah, like you decided. You decided. She, exactly. Está diciendo, oh, Dios decidió. No. No. It was you. You decided. Because you automatically not thought that she was, yeah. yeah. It's like she's she's almost like, um, what is that word? Uh, they, she's like removing herself from the mm-hmm. situation. Just mm-hmm. so she doesn't feel that guilt that she actually did and she actually committed. Yeah. Because she's the one that said that she was possessed. She's the one that took her to that church. She's the one that stuck her fingers down her throat and, and asphyxiated her. She's the one that allowed these things to happen. Yeah, deprived her from food, everything, and hurt like, her. Like, these were... No. These were all causes that she did. But by her doing this video and saying, you know, God decided to take her, God has her in her, you know, has her in heaven. She's detaching from any sort of responsibility. No quería, yo no quería que mi hija creciera en un mundo así. En un mundo cruel. You were the one that caused your daughter the most pain. Exactly. Six days after the video was uploaded to YouTube, Claudia was arrested on January 31st, 2022. She was charged with a felony assault on a child who was forced to produce great bodily injured and death. While Rene Jr. and Rene Hernandez Sr. were both also arrested on May 11th, 2022, there is still no final sentencing that I have found personally for, for Claudia for Rene Jr. and for Rene Sr. There's articles that say that they will probably get 25 years to life, but I've yet to find any actual article that that says that says how yeah, get. how many they're going to get. So for now that's that's all that the article says is that there's a possibility that they will spend the rest of their life in jail. It, it all depends because it, it's a process within the court system to to come to a verdict. So sadly, there isn't a real ending to this case. It's still pretty recent, especially backed up with a lot of the cases that are coming out during the time that COVID happened. So right. we still don't have an actual sentencing. But Pero están encarcelados. Yeah, they're, they're still in jail. And um, the judge uh, said there is no chance of bail for them, which, which, which you know, I'm really happy about because they don't deserve to be able to pay pay bail um, so far there is no words on uh, Arely's father or um, Claudia's mother so we don't have that um, a lot of the details behind their past is very you know kept under the rug so yeah. we don't have a lot of information on that but again if you have any information on this case any more details on it we are open to hear your thoughts and opinions um it's truly a tragic case, and um, and, and it sounds that- como que Claudia really believed it. Like she yeah. was, como que como la describes, ella de verdad está cre- She believed that her daughter was possessed. Yeah, she was. Like she was believing every single detail that her daughter was possessed. That yeah. there was a cause and effect to what um what her daughter was going through. When in fact, um, a lot of people say that there's. I mean, I can't say because I'm not a therapist or psychiatrist to diagnose her with anything, but her reactions are definitely not normal. And um, a, a lot of the articles that were um, that were written about this case say that 
that maybe that she needs a psychological evaluation oh, because sure. the way that she went about this case um, or about the murder is very um, I don't want to call it delusional because I don't want to offend anybody with that mm -hmm. but it's very yeah. it's not in reality it's very right. very projected in a way so uh, yeah so so th they said that they were gonna try to do a psychological evaluation but again it's been pushed back because of all the cases that have been happening with COVID yeah. yeah yeah so yeah um hard case and definitely. it's just when it comes to religion I, I think we want to highlight that we're not when it, we talk about religion everybody has their their opinions their thoughts their opinions right yeah. their beliefs um we're not judging no right we're not here to judge what you believe what you don't um of course not it, it's it's just a matter of like how do you use your beliefs yeah this is not the way to use religion to use no. it as an excuse to go around and hurt people like yeah. no even this, if even if she if she believed that she was doing uh, the right thing for her daughter it still pushes the limit to where does your beliefs come into play with what reality is mm -hmm. where does it start where does it end and when yeah. does your mental health, health like when does like her illness um kick in yeah because i feel like if you have a men like a mentally stable person and who has a a part in religion you understand where where to cross the line and when exactly. to understand that there yeah. where there's where there's boundaries between religion mm -hmm. and and facts and reality but the way that i see it through my eyes based on uh claudia it literally seems like there was there was no sense of boundaries that religion really overtook her whole life and um she mistook uh child's night terrors for possession when in reality we all go through nightmares through night terrors even as adults even as adults it's like you really have to know when something is not not real like when something is reality and when something is like crossing that boundary in tu research, um, la razón por que ellos pensaron que ella estaba poseída nada más fueron porque tenía pesadillas. No había nada yeah. más, nothing else. No, nope. no. Nope. It was basically because the child had nightmares and she would wake up in the middle of the night crying and screaming. That was that was the thought process that the child was being possessed because of that. I know it's hard to believe because I mean you we've all seen movies we've all yeah. seen movies we know what what yeah. a possession looks like yeah so it's like at the same time like in my head I'm just like you would think that also you know the father would be like no let's take this into consideration if he was like you know a man of God and a, a man that reached to um a, like a had a service for for church members in there that there would be some sort of kind of backtrack of what her what his daughter would say like how can you just be like okay yeah it's a possession we're gonna do an exorcism you would assume he would be more rational yeah but he wasn't exactly you, ex he wasn't. i was trying to find that word but yes exactly <laughs> yeah. so there was no rationality when it came to mm -hmm. 
questioning his daughter's thought process of a possession. He just went along with it, which to me is insane. Because it's like, there needs to be a rational person to tell her, are you sure? What are some other reasons you think that she she might be possessed? It's like, nope, yep, she's possessed. We're going to do an exorcism. And also the fact that he he isn't he he isn't um he isn't knowledgeable in the course of performing an exorcism yes which is the insane thing to me because it's like you don't you assume that you can perform this this act but you don't know anything about it you don't know how to how to start it you don't know how to like process it like you thought that doing a prayer like session and and torturing this poor child was gonna take an like a, a demonic being out of her body. I don't know. It's mind blowing to think that people exist like this. And sadly, that was the tragic murder of Areli Hernandez. Estoy muy muy triste porque digo una niña de esa edad pudieron verle salvado la vida llevándola al hospital. Estuvieron orando por ella toda la mañana hasta casi las 7 de la noche. Aureli Doe was strangled multiple times to the point of unconsciousness. Aureli Doe had fingers shoved down her throat to the point where she had multiple injuries to her mouth and to her tongue. The defendants are going to say they were well-intentioned but misguided. They thought they were helping this child by ridding the child of a demon. Clark says witnesses might be hard to come by and freedom of religion could also become a factor in the case. In the end, Clark wouldn't be surprised if a jury comes back with a manslaughter conviction instead. Well, that was the case for this week. Um, I know it was a, an intense case and um, researching it and um, reading more about it was a uh, pretty mind-blowing and um i would really like to know what your thoughts on this case is um i really want to know what you guys think about it um if you have any thoughts any opinions on it regarding this um maybe even like your thoughts on on you know what what religious plays into this like do you do you question it do you i don't know give me anything like i just want to know what your thoughts are because this case was really intense um so yeah, we'll we'll we have a open door for you guys to talk to us on DMs, on comments. Um, you could follow us and talk to us on our social media accounts. Uh, find us on Twitter, on TikTok, and on Instagram as at svsm underscore podcast. Or you could follow us on Facebook as Sogolintos Magabro Podcast. Just type it up. We're pretty much the first account that shows up when you um, type that out. Um, but yeah. We want to hear your thoughts, your opinions, and uh, what you guys have to say about this case. I know it's going to be a tough, tough, uh, a tough subject because a lot of people have different opinions on religion and and the and possession and and how to carry on between that. So um, I'm, it's definitely going to be a controversial topic. But you know, sometimes you got to talk about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, if you want to listen to the other 65 episodes that we have, uh, you could find us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, lot in the charts. Um, mm-hmm. And we appreciate for like your guys listening and, and for uh, commenting all the cool stuff uh, in all of our posts. We really read them and, and we appreciate your time. <clears throat> so thank you so much for doing that. Um, it means a lot to us that you guys listen and you guys enjoy the podcast. And um, yeah, 
You got anything to say? No. Nope. <laughs> I think we covered everything. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. we covered everything. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your weekend. Now that here in California, well. No, because. There's days when the sun comes out, and, and then, then there's, there's days where it's gloomy, and it's like. Yeah. For the past. Make up your mind. <laughs> for the past, I think it was like two days. It was like gloomy and windy. So, who knows? Last okay. week it was raining. So, you know, in California now, we don't know what we're going to get. It could be sunny yeah. one day and it could be rainy the next. So, Just <laughs> enjoy. Just carry your closet in the car. Yeah, I know. Just carry That's it. You it never is. know. You need an umbrella, yeah. it's in your back seat. You need a jacket, it's in your back seat. You need a tank need top a and a suit? skirt. It's back there. It's in the back seat. <laughs> Just keep. Beach. Yeah, just everything. keep everything in your trunk. Trust me. It's a lifesaver. Also put a blanket in there because sometimes it gets cold. You know, just in case. Just in um, case. But yeah, thank you so much for listening. And uh, we'll yeah. see you guys next week. See you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Stay spooky.